I'm Brendan McCormack and welcome to the Perth Fit Fan Podcast, where you get to hear from the best thought leaders and change makers from across the Perth fitness scene. In today's episode, we'll be catching up with my coach, Jem Juru. Jem is the owner and chief commander of Legion Strength and Conditioning in Balcatta. We'll be discussing the recent Australian CrossFit Championship in the Gold Coast, changes to the CrossFit scene, business and more. If you love what we do, then you can become a supporter of Perth Fit Fan by joining our fan subscriptions on Facebook and gain access to exclusive content, discounts on merch and more. And make sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play or Stitcher for your chance to win a Perth Fit Fam shirt, which we'll be giving away at the end of every show. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the podcast. That's not ideal. I'm going to hide that back there so no one's no one's going to know. I'm going to hide that as well. Otherwise, I'm going to use it. All right. We're ready. You've already got like your serious face on. I'm always, this is my normal face. Yeah, I know. I know. I think like... Because people that don't get, know you well and they get to see you from the CrossFit scene and they're probably like really intimidated or scared. So like just try to break that now, hey. Why? <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll keep it mystique. We'll just have like really serious answers. This is going to be like the most legit podcast that anyone's ever heard. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. So today on, we're here with my coach and good friend and travel partner at the CrossFit Sanctional. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about that. But you've probably seen him on my post before. If you haven't, his name is Jem Juru. So welcome on. Thank you for having me. So first of all, um, because some people uh, who, who either haven't seen you, who follow, or especially if they're not from the CrossFit scene, obviously I know who you are, but I want to kind of paint a picture so the guys know uh, know who's speaking. So first of all, what's your background in fitness and how did you get kicked off? Uh, so I grew up playing soccer. So that was my sport ever since I can remember. Like that's pretty much all I played. And, um, and then I started weights when I was a little bit older. So 15, 16, started getting into Zest, Zest Fitness. Oh, good old Zest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then I had a really bad knee injury and had to find a different sport. So that's how I found CrossFit. Yeah, and you were yeah. able to still do CrossFit with an injury? Yeah, well, um, I started off just doing some upper body stuff and I couldn't really run or do much, but... Um, it really helped rebuild that strength through my legs. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to have surgery or anything like that. Yeah. Were you a big lifter straight away? Because that's for people that don't know, that's what you're known as. Um, I wouldn't say that I was a big lifter straight away. I was strong, like naturally strong. But because I had been training since I was fairly young, I think that I had a bit of an advantage on everyone when it came to strength anyway. And what was it like switching into CrossFit um, from other training? Because it would have been pretty obscure back oh, then. It was brutal. Like I was so bad. I was so unfit. <laughs> and I was really terrible. That's why I think I liked it so much because I felt like if I didn't do this sport, I would be missing out on something that's extremely good and effective. You know? Yeah, and I just created a business out of it. Yeah, yeah. well, that's how it turned out anyway. Yep. Yeah. Um, favorite exercise or workout? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, now? Well, now it would probably be just something to do with rowing and assault bike. Yep. But um, if you ask me maybe two years ago, it have to be squat cleans for sure. All right. And just to point this out, because I was going to comment on it later. So, Jem yeah. has my favorite lift of all time, and I'm going to use that as the promo to this post okay. probably, and yeah. I'm definitely going to drop it into the YouTube. So, Jem's um, biggest squat clean is 182.5 kilos. It's actually only 180. Oh, was it 180? Yeah. But you went for 182. No, I just I pulled the pin after that. I was happy with 180 for the day. Okay, yeah. still, I'm telling everyone uh, 182, so I'm going to actually correct myself. So, 180 kilos squat clean, which is insane. Um, most memorable moment in fitness? Mm. 
that's a hard that's a hard one. I I actually don't have any standout moments when it comes to that. I, I feel like I've got so many good moments and bad ones. I don't know. That's a really tough question. Um, we, like been to regionals a couple of times. Like obviously that's the squat claim would have been pretty big. Yeah, I don't think any of that is probably like the highlight for me. It would have to be something that happened in the gym. I feel like some of the stuff that goes on here at Legion is definitely a lot more special than competitions. Yeah, just the day-to-day yeah. stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey. Um, favorite food? Uh, there's a Turkish food called Iskandar. <laughs> so basically what it is, it's like a Turkish bread on the bottom. Yep. Um, you've got uh, sliced meat that comes over the top. You've got a nice sauce and then melted butter and it's served with a bit of rice and yogurt. And uh, you can't really get it in Perth. Like I've never seen it being made here. Yep. But it's it's pretty special. All right, we're gonna Google that. Gems Turkish, by the way. Um, best thing about being my coach. Um, the best thing I would say is <laughs> when we have someone new that's never been in the gym before, and we're stretching after after class. Yep. And there's just no chance there's going to be an awkward silence because you just won't let it happen. And you'll ask the most direct questions to whoever it is. So if they've got a tattoo, like you'd be asking what their tattoos mean or you're just really abrupt, but in such a friendly way, I don't think anyone else could pull it off. No, I think it's like strategy as well. It's a way to kind of break down walls and make them feel comfortable because coming into an environment like this for the first time, like it's going to be pretty intimidating. Yeah. Honestly, when you're not in the class... And, uh, and we've got someone new or there's like an, a, a real dead silence because I can't be bothered talking. People say, oh, we need Brendo. <laughs> <laughs> Ring him in. Um, worst thing about being my coach? The worst thing? I don't know. I, don't, I can't really think of anything bad, to be honest. Oh, come on. There's got to be something. Um, no. Nah. I reckon you're, you're the perfect member. Perfect member, yeah. perfect student. I thought you were going to say something about my eating habits. Oh, uh, well, you know, that doesn't affect me, so that's fine. Awesome. <laughs> all right, that's cool. The perfect member. Um, all right, so for the first part, we're just going to chat about CrossFit specific. Sure. Um, so for those who aren't into CrossFit, then, you know, you can move uh, along a little bit further. But we just got back from the Gold Coast last week for the first sanctioned event in Australia. Um, So to lay this out for people, CrossFit previously um, had a format where there would be a CrossFit Open, they would then go to CrossFit Regionals, and then that would be the feeder for the CrossFit Games where the best athletes went. They scrapped all of that. Um, They were very late with releasing rule books. No one really knew what was going on. And 11 weeks after confirmation, Darren, who was the promoter of the Gold Coast event, um, put on the show. Um, so we probably had the best passes. Um, I think we were only one of four Western Australians to be there. So probably the best people to be able to speak about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but first of all, how do you think the first sanctioned event went? I thought it was excellent. Um, comparing it to regionals the previous year where we competed as a team, it was really easy to get an insight on how well the competition was run, how organized everything was and, uh, the workouts, the judging, pretty much everything. I got a really good comparison made up in my mind. And I think that this sanctionals event was by far a much better event than regionals the previous year, at least. Uh, the organization was better. The briefing between the judges and the athletes were better. There was a lot more care put in place when it came to uh, making sure that everything ran smoothly. And I think it comes down to having someone who actually gives, gives a shit about it to be running the event. I mean, Darren's reputation is on the line. Everyone knows that he's, he's running the event. Whereas previously, 
no one really cares about it that much. It's, you know, CrossFit's so big, it's almost like a government. Mm. And, um, and the care taken to run a good event isn't really there. So the judging was bad. You know, the judges and athletes were briefed on different days, which meant that a lot of the time there were mixed messages in terms of standards. So, yeah, I think it's a huge step forward in terms of CrossFit as a sport. Um, as a business model, probably not the best idea, but I don't really care about that anyway. We we're looking at CrossFit as a sport, and I think it's very important to be moving in this direction. Um, so talking about the programming for a second, because I know that a popular uh, vlogger within the um, uh, within the CrossFit space, so Arm and Hammer, mm. his biggest attack was, oh, the programming was bad, but he wasn't there. And to be honest, I don't even think that he looked at the programming. So the way sure. that he justified that was... The, the top team and the top male and female athletes were the top athletes the whole weekend. Yeah. So my feedback straight away and I commented on it was, dude, that's ridiculous. The programming was great. Mm-hmm. It's just that you have Sam Briggs, who's a games champion and like, you know, one of the best athletes in the world. You've got James Newbury, who's on another level compared to the athletes that were out there. And then you have the project that X team, which is full of games athletes and they were just way far ahead. Yeah. Um, everyone else in the leaderboard, it was exciting. Like people were jumping, people were moving. Yeah. And I thought that, Aaron did an exceptional job with the programming. So, sorry, was he um, commenting on the Australian champions? The Australians. Okay, sure. All right. And I don't know him very well, but from what I can see, he doesn't really seem like an experienced CrossFitter. No. So, in terms of programming, I don't think that anything he can say is, you know, has much weight behind it. Just judging from what I've seen, you know, previously of, of him talking and stuff like that. So, um, coming from a coach's point of view, an athlete's point of view, a competitor's point of view, I think that the programming was definitely good enough to run as a test to find the fittest people in Australia, definitely. Yeah, and it did. And so last year when you guys competed, because I was there and I, and I got to witness part of what you were talking about mm-hmm. um, where there was mis- mismatch judging and I think in this particular case there was more to do with the worm. Um, so with um, with Darren's and doing the briefing at the same time and you as an athlete understanding that the judges are being briefed in the same way, how, like how important is that for you? Well, it's it's extremely important because the main, the main reason why you want to have the athletes and the judges briefed together is so that when an athlete or a judge raises a question or asks something in, in terms of standard, then the answer is heard by both parties. And that's something that didn't happen in the previous year. So I'll give you an example. With the handstand hold event, um, one of the athletes in the briefing asked, um, does it matter if your bum touches the wall while you're holding a handstand and your partner does handstand push-ups? And the answer was no, it doesn't matter. You can have your, your bum uh, close to the wall, far from the wall. doesn't matter as long as you're locked out which to my understanding is fairly straightforward. But then when we went out to do the workout, um, Stevie was getting no reps on her handstand push-ups because my bum was too close to the wall. Now, I've got a big bum, so um, it's hard for me to do a handstand hold against the wall with my bum not being close to the wall. It wasn't touching the wall, but our judge no repped all of our, our handstand push-ups because apparently my hold wasn't good enough. So. Things like that can be super frustrating, especially when you put so much time and effort into into your training. It just takes away from the joy of competing. Even at a local level, like bad judging, it really yeah, puts absolutely. sour taste in your mouth as well. Yeah. Um, so what's your highlight or what, what do you think was the best thing of the event? Um, for me, um, obviously having Stevie compete was, was definitely watching her was definitely the highlight for me. Um, the snatch and clean ladder, like... You know, yeah, so um, we both had videos. Yeah, out about you know, that. that's, you, you can't really top that in terms of no. um, a highlight when it comes to a coach. 
yeah. um, watching the athlete perform. So yeah, that's definitely got to be the highlight for me. And even with that, even with our videos, there's no way that we could capture what it was actually like. Oh, there. definitely not. Stevie, yeah. like such a close friend and for you being her coach and the crowd, you could hear it every time she did a lift. It was just like, oh, yeah. uh, like, like it was insane. And for her to dominate that so big, like, yeah, I, I would agree. That was my highlight for sure. Um, what do you think that they could do to improve sanctionals in the future? I think the main thing would be music. The music choice, in my opinion, was pretty average. <laughs> I mean, we all have different tastes in music. There's no right and wrong when it comes to music. But, I mean, I didn't particularly enjoy it. But, you know, who, who am I to say what's good and bad? Uh, other than that, I think it would have been way better for them to release the workouts um, in a much more clear manner. So, a lot of the time, it was really hard to figure out what the workouts were. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, they were releasing them, but make it a little bit more prominent on social media so that we can all see what the workouts are. I think other than that, it was, it was a great event. Yeah, I think I this is the first major event that I've gone to where I didn't know the workouts. Yeah. If it's regionals or whatever it is, I'm, I usually know what it is. I know what workouts I'm going to watch. Yeah. Um, and in this instance, I literally all weekend, I said, I have no idea. And I think some of them were being briefed the night before mm -hmm. as well. Um, so I agree with that. My biggest thing for this specific event, actually all of them, Dubai did okay except have a good broadcast. Mm. Like, if, even for us, because I was there with True Protein, and even as a sponsor, you want to get your stuff out there and um, not being able to have that exposure, mm. I think, isn't great. But then as a fan, I would have streamed the whole thing afterwards as well because, you know, working there and only catching glimpses of it, mm -hmm. like I want to see a broadcast. Sure. So for, so for them, I would just love to see a live, a live broad, broadcast. I yeah. think that would be awesome too. Um now, obviously, things, uh, people in the industry got shaken up, the CrossFit space got shaken up when there was the change to sanctionals and a lot of people were banking on being a regionals athlete or qualifying for the games. So, what's your advice with people who are in that situation now with the current structures? I think the current structure is far better for someone looking to be competitive at a higher level because you have more opportunity to shine, basically. If you look at any professional sport, whether it's soccer or tennis, you've got multiple options throughout the year to compete at an extremely high level. You know, you've got multiple Grand Slams, you've got multiple um, leagues, you know, you've got La Liga, you've got the Premier League. So there's, there's different options when it comes to people wanting to compete at a high level. And the previous structure only having one open, one regionals and then the games, it means that if you're sick or you aren't able to attend for any reason, that's your opportunity gone for the year. And I think that puts a lot of pressure and a lot of negative pressure on athletes looking to compete at a high level. So for me personally and, and from what I can see, I think it's a really, really good thing for, for athletes wanting to compete. And so from a coach's point of view, um, having someone like Stevie or having someone like Johnny that were kind of like on that cast, what's your advice for them as coaches with these events? What's my advice to them as a coach? Yeah. Um, it would be to try and keep your training a little bit more tapered towards staying fit throughout the year rather than seasonal training where you, you know you gear up for the open and you try and get strong in the off season, et cetera, et cetera. I think now we can kind of lean towards trying to stay fit and healthy throughout the year, knowing that we've got multiple events coming up. And, uh, and I, as I've always said, the number one thing for our sport is staying injury free. So if you can stay injury free throughout the year, then you're going to be on top.
just with that, you answered gear up for the open. I want to clarify that means training for the open yeah, because definitely. I know that we're going to get a hater jumping yeah, on here yeah. and, you know, comment on that one. Yeah, so that, that means training. Yeah, yeah, 100% natural all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and, and for people coming into the open, um, obviously that's a couple of weeks away now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you weren't injured, would you be doing the open this year? Absolutely. Okay. I'll still probably do it, to be honest. Okay. And I'll why, just- why is that? Um, just because I've always, I've always tried to do the open, I've got, you know, all of my results on there and, um, I've got nothing to lose by doing it. So I, I think I should just do it. And, uh, the other reason I like doing workouts and things like, uh, competitions where I know that some of my guys are going to do it. If I don't do the workout, then my ability to coach someone is a lot less. Mm-hmm. So just by doing the workouts, I'll have a better understanding of kind of how to guide my guys and girls to doing a better performance. And do you think that it's going to be very much the same as what it has been? Um, or do you think that it's lost a bit of its appeal now because of the changes? It's, it's definitely less valuable now. Yeah. So it's, it used to be the only way to get to regionals. Now, if we, you know, if we look at Australia and we, we say, you know, we've got two regionals now, basically. We've got the down under throwdown and the Australian Championship. So um, basically, you don't have to do the open if you've if you can want to qualify for the Oz champs. Like if we take Stevie for instance, she's just qualified and competed at the Oz champs. Mm-hmm. Is she going to feel like doing the open now to go back to Wollongong to compete again there? Maybe, maybe not. Regardless, the fire is definitely diminished a little bit because she she's just competed. Mm-hmm. So I think for everyone, if if you're looking to to compete at the Oz champs or Wollongong. It doesn't matter. The open is less important now. Yeah, I think even for me, like, because I'm not obviously I'm not that level athlete, um, and I feel less appealed to do the open, mm-hmm. and I can't pinpoint why. Um, but I, maybe it's the changes, and, and everyone, yeah. you know, there's always different changes in sports, whatever it is, and everyone always looks back on like the golden days or what the golden days were for your mm. era, and it's like for my era that sort of shifted a little bit. Yeah. And so for me, it's less appealing. Maybe I will. Often I'll do that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just do it off the cuff. Um, but yeah, trying to pinpoint that, and I wasn't too sure. I why. think everyone's feeling the same way, to be honest, because you know the, the structure of the new system isn't clear. Yeah. The rule book isn't clear. Like nothing is really certain at this stage. Mm. So you don't really put your, feel like putting your heart and soul on the line when you don't even know what it's for. Yeah. Like there's apparently going to be so many more places open for people to compete at the down under throwdown. So I think it's going to go from the top 40 to the top 80. I'm still not sure about uh, that. Top 40. It is top 40. And I don't know if that is a worldwide option. So, yeah. for instance, we had Sam Briggs. We had a couple of international athletes come to Australia for mm-hmm. the Australian CrossFit uh, Championship. Um, I don't know that, but I do know it's going to be 40 male and 40 female athletes yeah. and I think a whole bunch of teams. Okay. So, see, I don't know where I got the number 80 from, but that was flying around for quite some time. Mm. Um, I think it's normal for you to not feel like doing it because you know that a whole bunch of athletes that – kind of bring the spotlight onto the open probably won't be doing it now because they've already got their ticket or they've shifted to teams because of the new structure. A lot of the good athletes shifted to team because they don't really know what's going on. Yeah. And, um, and they just want to have a bit of fun and make sure they qualify for the games. Yeah. And I think also when you spoke about when I was asking what your highlights were and you said it's just the day-to-day stuff here, for me, I think it's also, I don't need something to train for. Sure. Like we train hard here. Um, for me, 
it's the day-to-day stuff here which keeps me fired up. So I probably don't, I don't need to yeah, do something of outside of what we do here. Um, so you went through an injury at the end of last year. You had a couple of injuries, one on your shoulder um, yep. through the open and then um, your knee, which was a big one. So, um, and, and I've seen you go through that. And I think it's important for people, especially if they're, if, if they're athletes that their goal was the op- uh, was regionals and that got taken away from them. So they're kind of trying to find themselves um, or, or just athletes or people doing fitness that go through a similar thing where they get a massive hurdle. So tell us about your injury. How did it affect you? Okay. So the first one I had during the open, which was a, a bulge disc in my C5, C6. So I lost all um, strength in my left arm. So I couldn't even do a push up or a pull up or anything like that. So if you have a look at the open, I was contributing to the team score for the first, I think it was two or three weeks. Yeah, two two weeks. The first and two weeks. Blake score, my score, and Graham's yep. score got And then the last, the, the last few weeks, I wasn't even able to, to put up a score. So, I mean, obviously, that's really frustrating because, um, you know, we're trying to get the, the team to regionals, but I'm thankful enough and I'm very grateful to have such a strong team and my scores actually didn't even matter. Mm. Um, it did affect our performance a lot at regionals. But do I think that it made a huge difference? Probably not. I mean, if we finished a little bit higher or a little bit lower, like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Um, then I had a, a soccer injury. I played indoor soccer, which I probably shouldn't This have. is around the World Cup and yeah. you thought, okay, I'm yeah, going to go back yeah. into soccer. Yeah, so I was watching the World Cup and I was like, oh, you know, I could go for another kick or two. And yeah, just the second game, my knee just pretty much exploded um, to all my ACL and both meniscus and then, Shortly after that, tore my hamstring from where they harvested uh, my new ACL. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that basically put you out of training for a few months. Yeah. Um, and then how did that affect you? Um, look, it's not it's not good. Like, you know, I'm not going to say it was a good experience. It wasn't. But at the same time, I think that it's brought a little bit more perspective in terms of um, my ability to coach people that have been through pretty big injuries. Like, I can understand where they're coming from and, and relate a little bit better and also i appreciate my ability to train a lot more now i, I already did but um the knee surgery itself wasn't bad it was just all the medication and stuff that you kind of have to take afterwards um yeah it was pretty pretty upsetting for a few weeks so coming out of that um i guess i'm just a lot more grateful just to be able to train and then like how did what did you do to like overcome it long term because i know looking from an outside almost like a blessing in disguise once that happened all of a sudden i believe you put focus into other things so mm-hmm. focus into the gym like like running it um uh it, it, things just kind of went up a notch i feel yeah i i agree i think um for me personally like i am really addicted to progress right whether i'm progressing as an athlete or progressing as a business owner or whatever that might be i, f- I feel like i need to keep moving forward in some avenue of my life and if I don't, then I feel like I'm failing. So when the athletic side was taken away, I had to pour my energy into something else and it ended up being something that was probably a lot more important and that's that's Legion. Yep. Yeah. And then even from here, being able to work around it and do your own training, you're probably in your best like physical shape than what you've ever been. Yeah, I mean, if we let go of the fact that I can't really clean or snatch or you know do any heavy lifts, I probably am in a lot, uh, a lot more... I've got a lot better conditioning now. Um, I think something in your head just switches over when you suffer a little bit in, in an environment where you have no control. So 
that two weeks after my knee surgery, I'll never forget it. It was horrendous. It's like bouncing between being on anti-nausea medication because the painkillers make you feel sick and then stopping the painkillers and then you're like, you're in pain. So it was just a, a yo-yo for two weeks. So coming out of that, I feel like being able to come here in here and train, you just, I don't know, I feel like I've leveled up in a way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty cool. I reckon it's like, yeah, it's a blessing in disguise um, to see where you're at um, and what you're doing and also taking up some new hobbies and things. So tell us about this YouTube channel. So, I, you know, I've always been interested in, in like videos and video making and editing. And for me, I feel like the arts and the edit, you know, like I, I always get these cool ideas or, or I see something that happens in the gym, like, you know, that a lot of cool things happen here. Hey. Like some, some epic shit goes down here, right? Yeah. And you see it and you just wish that you could capture that moment, you know? And if you take out your phone and, and you film it, it's just not the same. Like you can't capture what's actually happened here. And for me, that's a big part of why I wanted to get into editing because I just want to be able to capture certain moments and be able to show, show that or have that memory forever because everything that we do is so that we can have good memories to reflect back on, right? So yep. if, if you go to compete, after the competition, no one gives a shit that you've competed, but you have that picks. memory. You know? yeah. and, um, and I think that's, that's beautiful. If you can capture that and if you can get really good at capturing it, mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Just like with Stevie and her, um, you know, if we weren't there to um, record her event, then she wouldn't have that to be able to reflect back on and she's got that forever now. Yeah. That's a pretty special thing to have. And even the messages that she was sending us and like I'm assuming that you got the same ones, um, she was just so thankful that we were there that we were able to capture it yeah. like in that way and, and um, I think that was really special uh, as well. Um, but this, the, something significant which you're doing with it at the moment, uh, which, which I really respect, is although you're putting out these wicked edits and that's obviously where you're putting a lot of focus, you're actually shooting everything just from your phone camera yeah so why do you do that uh a big thing for me is to try and not get ahead of myself so i know that i'm a beginner right I, i've shifted into this um you know videography and i absolutely started from scratch and i'm just learning off youtube so i know that i don't really deserve to have the good gear yet because i have a lot of work to put in first i just don't want to be that guy you know yeah you know all the gear no idea exactly yeah yeah. So, because um, my thing, uh, my thing with this is, whenever I speak to a group of people, the first thing that they ask me is, "Okay, how do you do social media?" Mm -hmm. And um, my advice for most people is, like, just start with whatever you've got, like yeah. with whatever you've got on hand. Just start mm -hmm. because most people will feel like they need the camera, and then when they get that camera, they still don't do anything, and then they feel like, "Oh no, no, no I need the better camera." Yeah. You know, or even training. It's like, "Oh, I need this protein supplement or these knees knee sleeves or something." And then when they get it, they still don't have the habits to actually be able to convert. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I think that's a very, very safe way to go, which is cool. And the videos are awesome. Now, um, closing things off. So what would you say about Legion? How would, you, how would you explain Legion? How would I People explain? see my videos. <laughs> People see your videos. Everyone's like, well, what goes down at that place? Um to, to be honest, I think that Legion is special because of the people that we have here. Uh, I'm pretty good at filtering who comes and goes from the place. I mean, I think that's one of our biggest things is I've never been about the numbers. I don't care if we have 100 members or 1,000 members. It, that's not important to me. It's the group of people that we have that makes the place special. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you can't fake that. You yeah. know what I mean? You can, you know, every CrossFit gym or boutique gym harps on about, oh, our community this and, you know, everyone here supports each other, but 
most of the time it's bullshit. <laughs> and that's just that's just the way it is. Yep. And um and because of the way that I've structured the gym from the very beginning, uh the people that we have here are genuine and they're all good people. So yeah, yeah, that's what makes this place. I think one thing which stands out for me um, and seeing a lot of locations is um, you do go through like a filtering process before people even come into the gym. Sure. And so you decide whether they're going to be suitable for the environment here, not the other way around. So you're not looking for it. So when people come here, uh, there's a lot of respect. People are here to train. There's like fun. Like people, you know, are still, you know, have, have their fun and like have, have their friends um as a whole but there's no clicks there's no there's no bullshit essentially oh definitely not because i mean i have to spend time with everyone that's here right i have to spend time with you every day i have to spend time with all the members i don't want to spend time with people that are here for the wrong reasons or people that bitch and moan people that have the wrong attitude like for me i don't want to get to 50 60 years old having spent time with idiots because i just wanted to make a bit more money yeah i rather have enjoyed my time love coming to the gym because it's full of amazing people then try and worry about getting in heaps of members to make a buck yeah no that's awesome um now before we kick off um if someone wants to come check out legion and feel like if they're the right person and this is the right location for them just Mm -hmm. come and catch up with you yeah just send me an email give me a call it's very simple um and also i'll put in the links for your channel and everything to do with legion But I've got to give away a T-shirt. So let's go find it through and I'm going to get you to pick them out if that's cool. Yeah. This little little hoodie. We'll go with little hoodie. Yeah. So little hoodie, absolutely loving the Perth Fit Fan Podcast. Great guest, inspiring content and always leaves me motivated to do better. That's awesome. Lil Hoodie, we'll get in contact with you. Jim, anything else you want to say? Yeah, I've got a couple of questions for you, to be oh, honest. Oh, yeah. judo move. Yeah. You've done the older keto. Yeah, so I want to know the best and worst thing about training at Legion. Um, the best thing for me is when I come here, um, like I'm here to train. And it's a chance for me uh, to be in an environment when I myself, there's no perfect fam stuff, but it's not the sort of facility where... Uh, you know, there's, I always say, you're here to train like as an athlete. You know, it's not like, you know, we're not warming up with tunnel ball. We're not playing games. Um, we're not doing dress up parties and things like that. Like there's a seriousness to what we do. And for me, um, that's that's my part about training here is I get to come in a serious manner. Um, I think like the respect side of things is is awesome as well. And then like we said, that non-toxic sort of culture, which is uh, quite unique to what we have. The worst part about training here, (laughs) there's no worst part, but I'm going to give someone some insights. So Gemini had a competition. He was getting really lean recently. And um, I said that he would be about 9% body fat, 9% or above on a DEXA scan. And he said, there's no chance I'm 9% or above. I'm definitely below nine. So we had a bet. If he was above 9%, then he would need to, and Jim's very, very conservative. This is like completely outside of uh, what he would do. So I said, you've got to get a pair of budgie smugglers, go down to the beach, do a really motivating photo with a completely inspirational cliche quote. So that was if he lost. If I lost, it seems quite simple, but I had to come down and do four, five a.m. sessions in one week. So waking up early and like coming down, which actually worked out to judo in this back on you, actually worked out to be perfect because now I train at 5 a.m. because it gives me a chance to train for two hours, do the extras programming um, and actually get the best out of myself. 
Yeah. So yes, it was a blessing in disguise. Thank you for being so lean <laughs> and, and helping me get in better shape. But outside of that, no, nah, there's no there's no bad things for me. I think like talking about filtering out. For me, this is the perfect gym for me to train at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not for everyone. And people listening to this, it's probably for a lot wider amount of people than what they think they definitely. are because they might be yeah. intimidated. Yeah. And there's beginners here and there's advanced people, but it's just more like um, you're rewarded for like your your attitude and your efforts. Exactly right. Yeah. And I think that's important too. And and what, what do you think is the general uh, consensus when it comes to people? considering whether to join or not. Why do you think so many people shy away from even coming to us in the beginning? I think that they're intimidated. Yeah, so when I decided to train here, I knew I wanted to go to a place where I was going to become better. Um, and I had a choice between a couple of gyms. But for some reason, Legion was the one, and I, you know, I've been doing this for 16 years, and Legion was the one where there's a lot of mystique around it, but it actually kind of made me nervous to train there because I was like, you know, you got athletes like you, you have great athletes, a lot of regionals, competitors. And I was like, man, like, you know, that's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to be the big lifter. Yeah. Um, and But I've still made the step to come. And I stuck, even though when you come, you're generally starting almost from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, and we've had this discussion before, that if people don't make the first step to come, it's probably because they're intimidated and they mm-hmm. don't feel like they're going to be able to be here. And I've had people from the bodybuilding or that side of the industry ask me where to train and they're from around here. And I just said, just come to Legion. And they said, oh, no, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've had that. But the people that do make that step and come – Either they really fit in with the culture and they stay no matter what level they're at or the ones that don't stay and this is where we discussed is they they can't handle not being the top. So in their gym, um, there might not be the depth of athletes and they mm-hmm. might be, you know, winning what's if they're very competitive sure. and that's what they, that's, that's what they like. Mm. And, and how would you go about breaking that mold of, of people thinking that with this intimidating gym where you're going to come down, I don't even know what happens in their mind in terms of, What's, what's going to occur when they rock up to hit, like rock up to Legion and, you know, there's not like an army of us waiting with, with bats to bash, you know, <laughs> but what would you say to someone who's feeling a little bit intimidated and how would you contrast what you first thought of us versus how you, what, what we actually are having been training here for a few years? So first of all, I would have thought it was just a boys club of big lifting guys mm-hmm. and maybe a couple of girls. But the actual mixture is probably 50-50, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the morning, like the morning classes, which I do, it's it's probably about maybe even more female than male. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, that would be part of it. Um, the other perception was that everyone is a beast where they're not. There's definitely the RX people, but there's still the blend of beginners and intermediates as mm-hmm. well. But everyone puts in a beast effort. Sure. And I think that's the difference, except for Goran. <laughs> yeah, Goran never puts in a beast effort. Goran never puts in a beast effort. Um, but yeah, except for that, everyone puts in an effort. Yeah. So how would I break it? How would you break that um, misconception? Something like doing stuff like this, like people talking about it, having a platform, mm-hmm. I think is important. It, although obviously that's not why we did this. We just wanted to chat, you know, CrossFit and stuff. Um. I wouldn't change your marketing because I think that it, like even though you don't really do marketing, I wouldn't change what you do because I think it it's part of that Legion mm-hmm. DNA. Um, what would you change if you were in charge and you were like, all right, we need, we're going to take Legion to the next level, which I don't know what that might be, but what would you advise? 
my advice would have been to start marketing. But I remember that we had this chat and you did zero marketing and then you had an influx because you put your efforts and your focus into it. It was like around that exact time. So I don't think that I would be skilled enough to advise <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, like, how do you feel like, like the gym's going? I think it's great. I yeah. mean, I think we've got a really good group of people and we're growing at a rate that we can manage. Um, you know, if you've seen some of my Insta stories from the 5am or 4.30pm class, like it's packed yeah. in here. So um, I think a slow growth means that I can kind of plan for problems that are going to happen before they, before they do eventuate. But I mean, I'm just enjoying coaching and working here. So I can't really complain. So I started training here, I don't know if it was three years ago or two years ago. Um, but what would you have told yourself two years ago? Now, now that you know, and now where the gym's at? Uh, to be honest, I don't think that any kind of advice I would have given myself back then would have mattered because I was so tunnel vision focused on, on training and, and being an athlete and thinking that that was what's important. Um, but if I did have a version of myself that would listen, it would be to tell myself that, you know, competing at a high level is, is good, but it's not the end all. And it's not that really what counts. It's not what matters at the end of the day. And I think that I, a lot of people do put a bit too much emphasis on their performance as an athlete where they should really be putting an emphasis on how good of a person they are, how they treat the people around them and, and really putting an effort into their friends and family because if you don't do that, then you can be the best athlete in the world but you're still a, a shit person, which a lot of people are if you yeah. hang out with regionals athletes. Oh, heaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably like the best advice. I reckon that's probably the highlight of this whole thing. Um, but I want to finish off with, with one thing. If you have advice for other gym owners out there, what would it be? Figure out what you're good at. So have a, have a plan in terms of like, do you want to be a weight loss gym? Do you want to build athletes that are going to, that are going to go to sanctioned events? Um, are you going to be a family orientated gym? Like whatever your goal is, make sure that you know exactly what it is. When I first started the gym, I was so um, passionate about competing. I was so passionate about the kind of higher end of the sport that that's what my focus was. And that's kind of why we have so many great athletes here because that's been our uh, kind of our, I guess, um, what would you call it? Niche. Yeah, that would be our niche from the very beginning. So I think it's really important to, for people and especially coaches or gym owners to have a look at themselves first. Be like, what am I good at? What can I help others with? Because I, I feel like so many coaches out there are trying to teach people how to do things that they can't do. And I think that's a mistake from the very beginning. Um, so yeah, just figure out what you're good at and, and stick to it from the very, very beginning. Cool. I think that's awesome. Sweet. I think we're done. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, bro. That's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, then make sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play or Stitcher for your chance to win a Perth Fit Fan t-shirt, which we'll be giving away at the end of every show. And just remember that if you love what we do, then you can become a supporter of Perth Fit Fan by joining our fan subscriptions on Facebook and you'll gain access to exclusive content, discounts on merch and more. Thanks for tuning in and stay tuned for more of the Perth Fitness scene to come.